Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. Welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Michael Grothy. Hello. Uh, Ben's not here today. He's on an airplane as we speak. I stole his suit and am upping the game here. And Michael is pulling my move of graphic tee and sweater. And so that's what we're doing today. And today we have a very special guest, probably the coolest magic player playing the game right now, Dana Fisher. Say hi. hi. <laughs> <laughs> so, how's it going? Good. Why don't you let the world know who you are? My name is Dina Fisher, and I am the youngest person ever to make day two at a Grand Prix, and I've been playing Magic for almost five years. And, and I mean, we have this list here. You've been to 24 GPs? Yep. I think that's almost twice as much GPs as I've been to. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and Michael used to work at GPs. Like he was I did, paid yeah, to go to Yeah, I used to, to them. work at them. And I don't know if I I definitely never made it to 24. <laughs> um, and and when you made day 2 of GP, what GP what was the format that you were playing? It was modern cuz that's the format I play most because I have the most practice with it, so I do better with it. So I mostly look for modern GPs. Okay. Well, that's same. I think I've mostly played in modern. The only other one I've played in is limited, and that was because it just happened to be in a city that I was in on the same day. But almost all the time, it's the, the modern GP. Wow. So how did you get into modern? Um, I got into modern, modern because I loved elves and standards, but then Origins rotated about, and Magic Origins... Um, was in standard, but then rotated out, and that made um elves not possible anymore when it rotated out. So, and I was sad that I couldn't play elves anymore. So then a guy at our local games shop said, "Hey, if you like elves in standard, why not try them in modern?" So then, um, I started playing modern at. Towards the end of 2016, and my dad saw that, oh, GP Vegas is coming up in 2017. And I did Modern Elves for that. I, it ended up being my best finish then, even though it was my first Modern event. Um, but I had no sideboarding because my dad didn't even know that the rules had changed that I could have a guide. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. That's so cool because that's like kind of why they created Modern was so that like if you were playing Standard and you and your like favorite deck, you couldn't play it anymore because it rotated, you were able to like play those same cards in Modern. That was like one of the reasons they came up with it. I mean, I guess originally it was like Extended or whatever, but Extended wasn't very popular. And so like one of the draws of Modern is you got to play with all your favorite cards that right. like you can't play with in Standard anymore. Like once you join Magic, you get to play with all these cards you like, but then they go away, and where do you find a home? And it's in modern. It's modern. This is like the perfect modern story. This is what Wizards intended when they created modern. <laughs> well, I didn't even know that. But... Yeah. Uh, every day learning things on Masters of Modern. <laughs> um, so Elves is your favorite deck. Why do you like Elves so much? 
I like elves a lot because they're super tiny, tiny like me because I'm very tiny for my age. And they're green, which is my favorite color in and outside of magic. And at GPs, when I play my rounds, um, it's a quick deck so that I have more time to like relax my brain, um, eat food, and they also get to go, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. <laughs> uh, that was something, there was a good conversation on, on Twitter a few weeks ago that was like, what, if you could play any deck, uh, modern deck, which deck would you play? And my answer to it was, for fun with friends, I want to play like a slow, dirtily control deck that I get to like have a lot of fun interaction with. But at a GP, playing a deck that's fast and quick, you want like is probably better because then you get to take breaks and you actually get to have lunch and drink water between rounds. And if you're going to be playing through all 20 rounds of a GP, having time is really important. Yeah, I like to draw lots of cards, but I don't really ever want to play like just a blue-white control deck or anything like that at a GP because it takes so long to play your rounds. It just drags on. Like I like to play a deck that draws a lot of cards and has some combo in it instead when I go to a GP because mm -hmm. I like to just be able to like, oh, I won on turn six. I'm done. I'm going to go eat. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the, the deck in modern. So uh, can you let us know, like how does an elf deck play? Um, basically it goes, um, it's going to ramp up so that I can play a bunch of creatures at once and then get card advantage with, like, Collected Company and or Lead Stampede so then I could have a bunch of cards in play and that's what the deck likes to do, create a bunch of creatures, a.k.a. elf creatures. Okay. Um, and then what are some of the strengths? They work together. And they are very synergetic, which is which I like about them. And they can often be fast, which gives me more time for food if my stomach is going raw, raw. <laughs> <laughs> and they can also win on often times. They'll win on turn four, um, sometimes turn three. And it's possible, not likely, but it's possible to do it on turn two. Oh, how do you win on turn two? Um, you win on turn two by basically having heritage druids and nano sentinels, um, to get to and elites or and um, yeah, heritage druids and nano sentinels to land, and then you. Create a bunch of mana, do Coco, get elite and shaman, do Coco, shaman, shaman, so that you shaman your um, opponent to death because you have a lot of creatures. With all, also you have three shaman. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that does a lot of damage very quickly. Yeah, heritage druid is wild. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I bought my first heritage druid actually recently. It's a good card. I need it for a commander deck. Yeah. It's a very, very good card. Yeah. Um, what are some of the weaknesses of elves? Um, well, they are very, extremely weak to sweepers. Also, they don't have very much disrupt 
Shen Preboard, so if I'm against like a combo deck, I can't do anything about their combo. I just have to beat them quickly. That's when comboing out with Heritage Druids is Yeah, the I mean, best it point. sounds like you have, like, comboing faster than your combo opponent definitely seems like an option with this deck. Yep, it definitely is. <laughs> what, would you, what would you say your best matchups are? My best matchups are probably um, creature decks like Human, Spirits, Merfolk, Hate Bear, and Tron. Also, maybe some other uncommon decks that I haven't even heard about. But mostly just those. And then what, what would you say your worst matchups are? I think combo decks, especially Storm. And is it Phoenix too? Um, just Get Control and Living End um, are some of the bad ones. Um, actually, very bad ones. Mm-hmm. Also, Insects because they're just faster. Okay. Um, and then, uh, right now in the metagame of modern, which is, you know, obviously one of your bad matchups is that Phoenix is very popular, but then recently humans and Tron just are making a big comeback, which are two good matchups. Would, would you say that elves is good, well, or uh, badly positioned? There are badly positioned, but they're not good positions. I think they're like in between or so, like they can go. Yeah, to humans. Yeah, to Tron. But, they but then they just go wah, 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 to <laughs> Phoenix. And uh, which I mean, I think that's also something that's true about modern in general. Is you know, almost any deck is kind of mediumly positioned, where you have the chance, as long as you're really good with your deck, to do really well at a tournament, regardless of what the metagame looks like. Because there's so many decks in modern that the chances that you're going to fight against. Is it Phoenix? Even though it's 30% of the field, you could just not fight one or only fight one for the entire GP. And I mean, if you've been playing Elves for five years and you play against somebody who's been playing Arclight Phoenix for two weeks, you you have a pretty good chance of beating them, I think, even though it's a bad matchup just because Modern really rewards knowing your deck well. And also, actually in Calgary, somehow, magically, it was magic that Oh, wow. Yeah, that happens. I mean, it's really funny. So Ben has been on camera playing a modern GP, the co-host that's not here, uh, twice. And both times he played against elves. And the first time he lost, uh, he got stomped. And then the second, or no, he went to time. They drew. That's right. He yeah. went to time because he wasn't very familiar with his deck. Because Ben goes the GPs playing decks he's never played before, or right. that he invented right beforehand, and loses the elves. <laughs> uh, and then the most recent one, he won, but he was playing Is It Phoenix, which is a bad matchup, and he almost lost, but partially just because he literally had not played the deck once before playing at the GP. He played yeah. a version of it the night before, but it didn't have anything in the ice. It didn't have. Um, I think it didn't have surgical extractions. It was missing a bunch of like key cards yeah, that he picked up that, that he borrowed morning. from me. He he borrowed. He came to my house and borrowed those cards from me in the morning before the GP. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it's one for one. We have to get you and Ben to play at some point, and then I need you to win because I can't have Ben winning. <laughs> All right, promise. Okay, good. Um, and then, uh, do you have any specific? You know, uh, there are a few different elves decks out there. Which deck do you think is your favorite? Is it green, black? Is there any specific card choice choices that you like more than others? Well, so I really, really like um, green, black for shaman. 
Um, and, um, I was playing Green White for a while, but then a team event happened, and sideboard cards kind of conflicted with one of my teammates because it was Unified Modern, because they were playing Burn, I was playing Green White. Sideboards conflict. Um, so then I switched to Green Black, because I had actually had practiced with it for Vegas, because that's what the one I started with. Then I stuck to it because it looked like it was doing better in the meta than Green White. And some interesting card choices though were um instead of four nettles or four clan colors, I decided to go half and half because the extra black mana dorks are really good. But then also combo nettle sentinel out that allows me to do a turn three kill and and a possible turn two kill um, are also good. Also, I run Scooze's two um, scavenging Ooze's main board because of all the is it Phoenix, mm-hmm. all the dredge running around. So yeah, I was surprised scavenging Ooze wasn't starting to see more play, and then it started seeing more yeah. play. Well, and it's especially good in elves because you have like collected companies and lead the stampedes to find it in the matchups where you need it. Like as long as your card that like shores up a bad matchup for you as a creature, you like are pretty likely to find it given mm-hmm. all the like card draw for creatures that's in the deck. Does does elves play um what's the invoke tutor spell? Uh Court of Calling? Yeah, do you play Court of Calling? Not in the green black and green white, it helps you find your combo pieces. There are also clan colors that made the deck good. The green black one good because clan colors didn't go in green white because green right white was comboing. Okay. And green black more Aggressive. What was the combo that you were playing in green white? Um, Devoted Druid, um, Vizier of Remedies, and Azuri. Because Devoted Druid, you can untap. Instead of getting the counter, it gets minus one of the counter, which is zero counters. So you get infinite mana, activate Azuri infinite time, so they all have trample, and then you can attack. Right. So you were looking for collected company. There's also another way of comboing. There were two Azuris and Devoted Druid because you could, like, tap... Yeah, like two, two, oh, yeah two Devoted Druids. You can tap, tap, on tap, on tap, 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 and then you can keep doing it because you're going to have land probably on taps, too. So then you can also use the land. So then they'll oh. get plus three so you can do it more and more and more. So then you Activate Azuri infinite times because it'll also have. Yeah, because the devoted druids grow faster than the minus counters. Yeah, so Azuri grows the devoted druids at yeah. three times for six mana, and you need only. Okay. Yeah. That's a cool combo. That's a really cool combo. Okay. And yeah. you use collected company to find your combo when you're like and hard comboing and, yeah. versus, versus like the green black, which is more of a beatdown deck that can yeah. combo sometimes, maybe, with Shaman of the Pack. Um, so are there uh, any specific play tips you have for players who want to maybe try picking up elves for the first time? Um, well, if you're playing green black, you could cast Coco in response to Shaman. Like you, if you have seven mana, you could go Shaman the path. And in response to the Shaman trigger, Coco get, um, two or three more elves most likely, um, to, to go with Shaman so that then you could get more damage with Shaman instead of less. Also, you can get two more creatures out faster for, for damage right away in case they get killed before they can attack. Um, 
you also want to maybe use heritage food and nettle sentinel to create a bunch of nettle because you could place spells on that nettle sentinel um and so then you can use that a lot and then you could also um cast it's also tricky casting cocoa at the right time um most of the time you want to do it at the end of your opponent's turn unless you have a good reason to the reasons though are um sometimes in a during a big attack where stuff is gonna die unless you get a lord um you've got like pre-board eight lords in the deck so you can do that or if you will have extra mana left over during a big attack to use a Zuri, you can in mid attack Zuri pay one regenerate maybe some elves, or sometimes before an attack because sometimes it'll help you decide. Oh, if I get a lord, then this attack is great. But if I don't get a lord, this attack is not very good. So it could also help you decide that. What's up, guys? Masters of Modern here. I'm Ben Bateman. I'm Alex Kessler. And we've got a couple quick shout-outs for you guys that we wanted to remind you of on this episode. The first one is Twitter, at the MMCast. We've had a Twitter for years. It's a great place to interact with us. We post exclusive images of our brand-new spoiler cards, all kinds of cool stuff. Check it out, at the MMCast. It is a great way to support the show. Kess, where can the folks find you personally? I'm at Kess Wiley. You guys can find me at Ben Bateman Media. The second thing is we have a YouTube. You may be watching this right now, honestly. You might be listening to it. But one of the big pushes for us in 2019 is to build this YouTube channel. We want to get more eyes, more ears, bigger guests, better episodes, higher production quality. We even hired a producer right now, so you might even see the camera angles changing. Subscribe, like, comment. It's going really well so far, and honestly, if you guys support it, even if you're an audio listener already, it's a huge thing you can do to help us grow this. The third thing, and maybe the most important thing for our long-term health, is patreon.com slash the MMCast. Guys, this year is going to have a ton of cool rewards for you. We really want to make the Patreon feel special, and it's a great way to help us grow. Our ability to hire the producer, to get new gear, to do anything cool in the future is going to be dependent on our ability to actually pay for it. Because right now, Alex and I are just paying out of pocket for the show. You know, We love it, but that's what we're doing. Well, and, and the producer will help us kind of make sure we stay on stuff on Patreon, so it'll be a really thriving community. Yeah. Now, the last thing I want to talk to you guys about is the command zone. Jimmy Wong, Josh Lee Kwai, these guys helped us start this thing. Mm -hmm. Collected.company is where you can find their stuff. They're seriously the most professional magic people in the world. Not named Ben and Alex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they make awesome content every week. Commander Focus, they do game nights, they do uh, the command zone is the, obviously the podcast, the sister podcast of the NMCast. Check them out, Collected.company. It's the same place you can find our episodes every week as well. And the last thing is if you guys want to check out a great community, check out the Facebook group, the Masters of Modern. There's a ton of people in there. It's very very interactive. There are constantly threads about new decks, new conversations. Uh, it's very active. Check it out. That's uh, Facebook, the official Masters of Modern group. And otherwise, let's get back to the show. Yep. Thanks, guys. And then with the new Mulligan rule, do you know the new Mulligan rule that's coming out, possibly? Yeah, possibly. Um, are Are you excited for the Mulligan rule, or do you think it's going to make it harder or worse? I think it's going to keep my deck the same, but I think it's going to, like help some other decks um like it might help judge it might help some other decks that i have a bad matchup against so i'm not crazy about it so okay um and then okay so and anything else on elves or do you want to keep going with the questions um i also like elves though because i forgot to mention this earlier but i just thought of it um i like elves too because in in school my my math is kind of 
um, easy for me because um, I do really well at math. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do some like really hard math math with my sister because she does math club at school and so I like that type of math because it's more challenging and so with elves you have a lot of challenging math that you need to do um so then you can overcome the challenging math and you it could also help you do better in school because you'll be doing challenging math here but then in school it'll help you get faster at the math you're doing there Got it. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I started playing Pokemon first when I was like probably seven. And I learned a lot of math and reading from Pokemon. And then eventually I started playing Magic when I was like 10 or so. And I like I feel like I learned so much math and reading because there's a lot of like complicated words on cards. And the names of cards always have like interesting words in them that like, you know, when I was 10, I hadn't necessarily seen a lot of those words. And I, I feel like it really taught me a lot when I was a kid. Pokemon maybe for when I was five for a little bit with my sister and dad, but then I just was like, eh, who cares about the card Pokemon? I want to Magic's way better. So yeah, that's what I figured when I when I discovered Magic. So I was the opposite. <laughs> I played Magic first, and then it got banned, and I switched schools after it got banned. Cause it got banned at your school. It got banned at the school because kids were trading expensive cards for not expensive cards and parents got mad actually i think it specifically got banned in our class though because we were playing in class Mm. we were this was back in the day when like third grade had like 33 kids in the classroom so like we could be in the back that's because no one in my class even knows um how to play they talk about it a lot in class but yeah the boys who know of it, but not many people at my school know of it because it's still in elementary school. But I'm thinking in middle school, I might, or um, high school or college, to like do a magic club. To, oh, to yeah. Play magic. Yeah. What grade are you in? Third. Third grade. So I think I started playing in fourth grade. And even then, we were, you were, you're way smarter than I was because I was, we like thought library was the sideboard. And so we had banned every card that said library on it because we weren't playing with sideboards. I had I didn't even know what a sideboard was. Yeah. I actually had one of those tournament decks they used to sell that like was a deck that somebody played at Worlds, and it would be like it, there were cards in it that had like said sideboard on them, so you would know that was part of the sideboard. And I just did, had no idea what that meant. Oh, I just yeah. like played with the whole seventy five shuffled together. <laughs> we also so when we started playing Magic, do you know what Portal is? Have you heard of the set Portal? So it was a set they made that was meant for like meant for kids and beginners and all of the cards, but they like decided to change the rules for the game. So they called like instead of calling it a library, they called it a deck. And instead of calling it um there was other ones that that's like the most obvious one I can they remember. Called blocking intercepting for some reason. Yep. And like the power had a little sword next to it at the bottom of the card, and the toughness had a little shield. It looked really weird. And there's like no instance. It yeah, there were just no instance. only sorceries, but there were cards that said you could play this at any time. Like counterspell was, or like a counterspell variant. But because of that, when I tried playing regular Magic, all of the words were different. And so I think that's where the library deck thing came from. Because we knew we had cards that said deck on it, so I didn't want to play with cards that said library. Yeah, there were like sorceries that were like, you can only play this on your opponent's turn after they've declared attackers. It's like, that's not a sorcery. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so, and then I guess back to what you were saying about how it helps learn math. That's I say this a lot, where I am not good at Magic 
jokingly. And so I want to play control because it takes way less math to like be able to win than aggro or elves or combo because I don't have to like count damage. I just have to just not die, um, which is great. <laughs> Boo, control! <laughs> control is the worst deck ever made. Okay. You and Shiv and Bot would get along on that. He like hates control cards. Um, so uh, if you could play any deck that isn't elves in modern, which deck would you play? I would, I prefer elves like a lot, but to, if I couldn't play it, um, I would probably play Dredge because um, I practiced all the diff- all the different decks at home a bit um, because we would play one game as me elves switch and I would like to and um dredge, and so Dredge seems seems like pretty fun because it and different and I like different stuff because dredge is like your graveyard is huge you don't want that but then your graveyard is your hand and your hand is technically stuff that you want to put in graveyard to have another hand and so it was interesting and I like stuff that is like different or interesting Mm -hmm. yeah and it has like a, a little bit of a similar play style in elves in the sense that you're like you're trying to put a lot of stuff into one spot and then win from that spot. Elves has it in play and Dredge has it in the graveyard. Kinda, I guess. I mean, yeah. you're like going wide with creatures. We're like micromanaging like resources in an area. I feel like that's just magic, right? Sure. Just micromanaging resources in an area. That's fair. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So we talked about how many Grand Prix you've been to. Why do you like going to Grand Prix so much? I like going to Grand Prix because I like to compete in the main event, and it's challenging. It's challenging to stay all around and tiring. I can also set goals, achieve them, then look back to it and feel super happy about it. Plus, I can learn a lot from GPs. Also, I meet a lot, lots of new people, like and especially cosplayers, because at my second ever Grand Prix, um, I played in um, a cosplayer named Ariel came by, and she said, what's your favorite planeswalker? And I said, Nyssa. So she said, if you want, I can make you either a Nyssa or Chandra deck, or costume, <laughs> and... I said, I would, and I had to think about it a little bit, and I said Nissa because she was my favorite, and that is how, and so she made my costume with some of her other cosplay friends, um, so that's how I got my costume, which allowed me to meet other cosplayers that I'm now friends with. They also, um, always have something to do. You're like, you're never waiting around unless it's in between rounds. Like, if you just show up, there's always stuff for you to do. And if you don't want to play in any events, you can just play with, with friends that you have. That's, I, I, I've almost stopped competing in main events at GPs because I'd rather hang out with friends and rather hang out with cool people at them and do the side events and hang out with cosplayers because that just, you can play the, the grand the actual event is so much of a commitment and I'm normally just going to spend more of my time there. Ben's job is to go compete in the event. My job is to come hang out. 
It sounds like you got an easy job. I know, it's great. Ben's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, got the harder job. Yeah. That's true. But uh, yeah, I think it's cool like to compete and learn. I do feel like when I go to a Grand Prix and I play in the main event, I learn so much more about my deck than playing in like 10 FNMs. Even oh, yeah. though like, you know, a GP isn't as many rounds as 10 FNMs, it, it's still like you feel like you learn so much. And I think that's really cool. Uh, what When you're getting ready for a GP, how do you get prepared? I got prepared because I was, I was talking about before I would play one game as elves um, to start a match, but then I would switch to the other deck my dad's playing, get a feel of how it works, then switch back and finish the match I had started with elves. Um, we also watched videos of pro people playing the deck, and I get advice from pros because my dad asks pros for advice um, so that I can play the deck better. And the advice that pros give us, um, we put on a tip sheet that my dad makes for me to help me prepare. And we we also um, um, played a bit with them. And, like, if there was an interesting play that happened and – it was a hard decision, and um, so you would, and so in case of a similar situation, we would write it down on the tip sheet in case of that. Um, or um, I also went to local events and played in those, um, and that's how I got into sort of into sideboarding because at a local event, um, someone said. Hey, does she do sideboarding? And my dad said no, because she'll have to memorize all the things put into each and every one of the um, decks. And then he said, and he didn't know what my dad was talking about. And he was like, oh, well, the rule must have changed. So um, then we prepared a sideboarding guide for when I first sideboarding. Because sideboarding just gives you a um, pretty big advantage, too, because you can, like, turn your tune your deck to um better to better the other deck i think more players should use a sideboard guide there's no reason not to and even if you're really familiar with your deck like other people's decks are constantly changing or you're changing your sideboard based on the metagame and like there's so many times when i'm playing and like I'm playing a matchup that I should totally know my sideboard plan. And I'm just sitting there looking at my sideboard. Like, what am I doing again? <laughs> I, I also think like knowing which cards to cut is probably the, even the hardest part where it's like, yeah, where it's like, Oh, I want these five cards. I'm going right. to cut yeah. these four. And then I'm like, wait, what, what's the last card? Yeah. Yeah. Like having a guy to knowing like, Oh, I need to take out these cards. Cause I've actually done the work here and I yeah. know what I'm doing instead of being like, uh, do I cut my fourth lightning bolt? Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> um, is really helpful. Uh, we, we did, there's an episode we did a while back and I think we probably should revisit sideboarding soon. Cause it, that was almost, almost two years ago. We're an old podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, that, um, you know, when you make your sideboard, it's almost better to know which cards you are cutting in matchups and then making sure you have enough cards to bring in for those matchups, okay. not the reverse. Not be like, oh, I, you know, I have two cards against artifacts. I'll like cut something against them. Be like, oh, no, I'm cutting four cards against Affinity. 
what four cards can I bring in? And yeah, and that's like why you see people doing splits in their sideboard of like one Nile spell bomb, two surgical extraction mm-hmm. or whatever, because like those come in against slightly different decks, but against strategy, just bring them all in. Right, right, Rather right, than right. just like three surgical extraction, but then you're short one sideboard card in like a matchup where you might bring in spell bomb because it draws a card. Yeah. Where you just have too many dead cards. Right, right, right. So you're ready for your GP. What's the farthest you've traveled to go to a GP? Um, I, the farthest I've traveled is France. Wow. Okay. Leon, France. Um, and it was fun because I got to play with cards that were in a different language. Um, and luckily I knew most of the cards. Only one judge happened or occurred. Um, because it was on Team of Battle Rage, and I've like, and I had never faced Team of Battle Rage at the Rage at the time. Um, so that was the only time that happened. But it wasn't just in French; it was in many languages: French, Spanish, and etc. Um, it was also cool getting French packs. Which I still haven't opened because my dad didn't even let doesn't even let me open them. He wants to save them so that we could get a big ticket together and open them there, even though I want to open them. <laughs> <laughs> I wish my dad didn't let me open packs when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what? Well, so that's crazy. I don't know if I could play in a foreign language, maybe a modern tournament. Cause I pay, like I couldn't play in a, a foreign French tournament. I would like not know what half the cards did. Yeah. And I would get like wrecked by like every other. Yeah. Limited. When I was working at GPs, the owner of our shop ended up in Chile for like something else. It wasn't for mm-hmm. the shop. It was like something else he was doing there and it was pre-release weekend. So he decided to go to a pre-release in Chile. Uh, and he like speaks a little bit of Spanish but uh, yeah, so he was playing in a pre-release <laughs> with like cards he'd never played with before in Spanish, and he was like struggling through, and like he was good at the game, so he was like kind of winning, but he had like a bunch of draws because he like was taking too long to read the cards. <laughs> I think yeah, the I, I've gone to uh, the pre-release in Hong Kong. Now no longer more, but there was a while for like two years. It was I was at pre-releases in Hong Kong more than I was in the U.S. And luckily they're in English, so I didn't have to deal with that problem. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, speaking of Hong Kong, my one of the um, parent company of my dad's company, um, Tencent, is in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. and so my dad won. It was um, Halloween, 2018. My dad said. After we went to the treating, he went to the airport. He flew to, and I had the soccer a soccer tournament, uh, um, on the Saturday, um. So my dad literally went to Hong Kong for a few hours, aka for lunch. <laughs> at ten cent. So and even though he he got back Friday night. <laughs> So it was kind of funny. Wow. And they were like, wow. 
Well, no, there's uh, it, going to Hong Kong is cool too because it's kind of like time traveling because when you get there, you lose a day. So like if you leave on Thursday, you'll get there on Saturday. But then when you come back, you get back four hours earlier than you left. So you'll leave at like 5 p.m. on a Friday and get back before lunch on a Friday yeah. here. And it's like, it's very, it's very surreal. <laughs> um, I also do speak a, t- um, a, a, like, um, medium in Spanish because my old nanny, Laura, um, was from Mexico and some of my other nannies are from Mexico and I take a Spanish class at school, um, that I like, so. That's cool. That's cool. I, my younger brother did that too. He like used to speak Spanish and then got really embarrassed about it. And so like stopped and now it's biting him. Cause he like is in Spanish class again. He's like, oh man, I wish I remembered. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, so you've made day two of a GP. I, I, that is extremely impressive. We saw you, uh, right afterwards. Cause you came to the MM cast meetup. You made it in GP LA. How did it feel? Why did you want to make a day two of a GP so badly? I wanted to make day two because it was something I could look back to when I got older and say, oh, wow, I did this um, when I, and I was the youngest person ever to make day two at, at um, one of these events. And, and I also wanted to um, prove that Kids, girls, women could play the game, cause otherwise, cause people could say, could um look at it and say, if she can do this, so can I. Um, also, America's the most fun game in the world. Uh, Definitely, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> it would hurt them more to play, cause they're like, I want to beat this goal now. I want to have this. Fame. So <laughs> they could, and so it would make me happy that, and like kids are are playing the game more. So yeah, you made day two of a GP. How did it feel? Um, it felt um a sense of achievement and excitement because I had done it. I was the youngest player to make day two. Maybe uh, the first, maybe I'm not sure, but I might have been the first girl under 18 to make day two. And it was something I could back to. And it took a long time, 23 GP. It took me 23 yeah. GPs to do it, so I was very, very proud. I also got to see my dad cry. Aww. <laughs> I remember, yeah, I remember seeing my dad cry for the first time. That was cool. <laughs> I'm not going to bring that up what that was. <laughs> uh, so other than modern, what other formats of Magic do you play? I play limited, standard, modern, because we've been talking about modern. Um... Legacy and Commander, and I would really want to play Popper like a, a lot, and then maybe um get into Vintage and Brawl, but Popper's the one I really, really want to get into. So what do you what do you play in all those formats? What do you play in Standard and Commander? 
in standard, um, I play Celestia tokens and okay. in Legacy Elves. That makes and, sense. <laughs> and in Commander, I also play Elves. Who's your Commander? Um, Zuri. That's Renegade a good one. Leader. That's a good one. That's a terrifying one. <laughs> so if you played Popper, you'd be playing Popper Elves, right? Yep. Yep. Lissalana Huntmaster and crew. <laughs> what 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 in Popper are you missing for elves that you don't have? Um, no, we just haven't had the time to create to um get together deck. Oh, okay, we just have been super busy because, but <laughs> yeah, I understand that. I have a bunch of piles of half-made decks that I'm like I should make this someday, and it just hasn't happened. Um, so um, other than magic, what other hobbies do you have? You said you're really busy. Um, I play soccer mostly in the fall because that's when soccer season is. I practice a lot in soccer. Um, like at school, I would, um, my friend Jayan, he is very, very good at soccer. He's doing soccer internationally now. He's also my age. Um, some, we would ask him to, um, me and my, me and my friend would both ask him, hey, could you teach us some, some soccer so i practice soccer quite a bit um i also like doing gymnastics i can do a one-handed cartwheel and i i am close to an aerial which is a no-handed cartwheel wow um, i also like to do ice skating i'm in level four of basics that's where i actually would have been instead of this but i chose to do this instead oh thank you so i do that most of the time every tuesdays the lesson I take lessons um five to five five fifteen to five forty five, they're thirty minutes. Um and so I also like doing skiing. I ski I have skied a few black diamonds. Wow. Um so at at actually recently last week I skied patrolmans at Mammoth. Oh, wow. Um so and then I also like swimming. I will, if I have free time, I'll, um, if, and it's not the winter and the weather's pretty warm out, I'll swim in my pool because I have it, my own pool at my house. So cool. I love swimming. And also, like, snowboarding or skiing in Big Mammoth or Big Bear is really impressive. Last time I was in Mammoth, I like really hurt myself and my sister left me on top of a hill because she's very good at it and didn't think I was hurt. And so I just had to crawl my way down <laughs> slowly as she was just like yes. zipping by me being like, you're okay. Goodbye. Skiing is tough. Yeah. Yeah, I've been skiing since I was two and a half. Before <laughs> even you were playing Magic. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so back to Magic. Modern Horizons is coming out. We're going to get a bunch of legacy cards and commander cards printed and new cards printed into Modern. Which cards are you most excited or which type of cards are you most excited to see printed in Modern Horizons? <laughs> and some specific reprints I would like to see uh, are Curian Ranger, Wirewood Symbiote, and Priest of Titania. I can't okay. wait to see they do to my deck if they get printed. I yeah. can see that happening. I really want to... You play all those in your Legacy Elves deck, right? I, I don't play Priest of Titania in my Legacy oh. Elves deck, but I play it in my 
um, commander deck, and it's a way that I have infinite mana to win in my commander deck. And then, but Tyrion Ranger and Wildwood Symbiote are both in my legacy deck, though. Yeah, those are really nice yeah. ones. I really want Wirewood Symbiote in, in Modern. I think That'd that's cool. pretty high on it my list. It has cool gameplay because you get to like save your elves from removal yeah. sometimes. And like... Or block the return of. Yeah, you can like return Elvish Visionary to your hand. Like Legacy Elves deck usually play Elvish Visionary when like yeah. Modern decks sometimes don't. I've done that before. Wirewood Symbiote bounce Elvish Visionary. Yeah. I played my Legacy at 1 GP. Um, if I... But... I might be playing it a tiny bit more this year, but there just aren't many legacy events that I need to practice for. Yeah, that's true. That's why we want all these cool cards in Modern, because there's yeah, Modern Yeah, you events. can play with Wirewood Symbiote in Modern. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> I'm excited for Goblin cards more than, like, I think I think there are, like, cards that they the just Enemy get. of Elves? Goblins? <laughs> Sometimes they get along, right? I Maybe. guess Control Decks no, are the real no. Enemy of Elves. I and I'm playing Elves, I smash it. Oh, wow. Okay. So, all right. Some anti-goblin propaganda going on. <laughs> um, so, which, you know, there's obviously a bunch of GPs going up. Which some, what are some of the GPs you're going to this year? Um, Seattle, Dallas, Detroit, Vegas, for sure. Seattle and Dallas, though, are instead of the two-week sleepaway camp that I would have been going to, but I would rather play Magic. Also, less money to do something instead of um, sleepaway camp. It would be more money to do sleepaway camp than Seattle and Dallas, which I'm also happy about. Which because then my mom's more okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that makes sense. Uh, we're gonna. I think Seattle and Vegas. We're gonna be at. And then I hope to go to the team modern event in Indianapolis, Atlanta, Montreal, Phoenix, Richmond. Columbus and Portland. The only reason uh, Montreal that was on the maybe list is because um, my mom, I have family in Montreal that um, I don't, and I've never been, um, so I would get to see my um, my family in Montreal too, and it wouldn't be just a magic trip. It would also be like a little longer, but not too much longer, but. That's cool. It's always yeah. nice to like go to all these cities to play magic and you get to like visit people. You get to visit family or friends who live in other cities. Yeah. All right. So I have here that you have an idea for a card that you've designed and you really want to talk about and you want to let us know what that card would be. Now, all Wizards employees listening to this podcast... You got to turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is only for people that aren't you. <laughs> uh, we would love to hear your cool card design because Michael and me both designed games uh, for Kesco, the toy company that I own and run, and Michael works for. Yeah, and... I came up with this card actually all by myself. My dad didn't even help. Oh, nice! I, it, I just came up with it all by myself. What does it do? It's it's called Nissa Protector of the World. Okay. Um, Four mana, two green, green, loyalty three. Okay. Plus two. This turn, all your basic lands tap for an additional mana of a color they produce. Minus one. Bring a creature card with power four or greater from your graveyard to your hand. And minus ten. You get an emblem that says all forests you control are three, three creatures with indestructible trample and vigilance. They are still lands. When did you, when did you make this card? Um, I think we started going over, um, probably like yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. 
Okay. That's pretty cool. Have you seen the new Nissa? The new Nissa? Yeah. yeah. Are you excited? My friend Nadine, who lives in Switzerland, got to preview it. Oh, cool. But I was excited that I heard a new Nissa was coming out. So. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's this also is pretty good Nissa. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Um, for those who don't know, the internet and people listening, because this is a podcast, uh, Nissa Who Shakes the World is three green green. Uh, it has a static ability because that's the new thing. Uh, whenever you tap a forest for mana, add uh, an additional green mana. Uh, it's plus one is put three plus one plus one counters on up to one target mono non-creature land you control. You untap it. It becomes a zero zero elemental creature with vigilance and haste and it's still land and that's forever. Um, and then it has a minus eight. You get an emblem with lands you control have indestructible and then you can search your library for any number of forest cards and put them onto the battlefield tap then shuffle your library and it comes in at five loyalty. I'm, 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 how excited cool are you for War of the Spark? I'm pretty excited, actually, and it's come in the pre-release soon. Yep. Oh, yeah, we're super excited. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be really fun to play Unlimited. You can have, like, a bunch of Planeswalkers in your draft deck. Usually, if you have one Planeswalker in your draft deck, you're like, wow, this is such a great deck. And now it's like, oh, I just have six Planeswalkers yeah. in my draft deck. No big deal. <laughs> Who wants? You just, the more, the merrier. Now over here. Okay, do you uh, so th so that's all the questions we have. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? No, not really. Okay. Um so where can people find you on the internet or where do you want uh, to shout on out? My, on my Twitter um which is where I what I use the most at Dana Fisher MTG is my Twitter handle. Um you can also maybe find me on Facebook. And Fisher is also spelled F-I-S-C-G-R, um, unlike most. Yeah. So. And, we'll, and, we'll, and there'll be links in the show notes of this episode, both on the website that we're on, collected.company, as well as YouTube, and the podcast app that you use. I use iTunes, but I, there are other ones out there. <laughs> uh, make sure also to follow us on Twitter. We're at the MMCast. I'm at Kess Wiley. I'm at uh, D-U-D-A-R-D-D. -D -D. And uh, you can also find the usual host, Ben, at Ben Bateman Media. Yep. And those are pretty much true across all things. I'm like even at Kess Wiley on Xbox Live. <laughs> um, now there's going to be a bunch of fans adding you on Xbox Live. <laughs> it's time. Come on, Apex. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, and then um, make sure to follow our sister podcast, The Command Zone. They do amazing commander content every single week. They also do game nights. Uh, Jimmy and Josh are up to all this really cool stuff. Uh, I was on an episode last week, the week before they previewed their card, uh, talking about Modern Horizons as well. So if you want some like Commander Modern Horizons speculation, that's a good place to go. Um, and then there's a bunch of other shout outs that were in the pre-recorded thing that I don't know off the top of my head, but Facebook, Patreon, all that good stuff. Make sure to check it out. Thank you so much for coming, Dana. I hope you had a good time. Did you have fun? Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to hanging out in Seattle. I think that's the next time we're all going to be at a GP at the same time. Um, and yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Welcome. Bye. Thank you for your attention. See you later, alligator. This has been a production of Time Traveler Media, sending podcasts into the future.